morning. So we're going to read from God's Word, um, the book of Joshua, chapter 13, uh, sorry, chapter 5, verse 13 through to chapter 6, entitled The Fall of Jericho, a really exciting story. <laughs> Pity we have to stop where we do. But anyway, now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the Lord's army, I have come. And Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's armies replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry the trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, March around the city seven times, with the priests blowing on the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give up a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse, and the army will go up, everyone straight in. Amazing story, isn't it? Thank you. That's God's word. What is it that you're passionate about? What drives you? What gets your wheels spinning? Motorbikes? What cause really gets you going? There are some things in life that we are just so eager to give our all to. We want to throw ourselves into it. As we consider the question that Miles left with us last week, what kind of legacy are you going to leave? Thinking this morning, or we consider Joshua. What was it that was front and centre for Joshua? You see, Joshua was given a task to perform. The Lord spoke to him, and following Moses' death, he was to lead his people across the Jordan River and take the promised land. God had told him that wherever he set his foot, the land would be theirs, that no one would be able to stand against them, the Hebrew people, that he had nothing to fear. And time and time again, God said, be strong and courageous. In fact, as you read through the book of Joshua, you will find that eight times God says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. So no doubt Joshua was now a man of resolve. He has a job to do. He's on a mission. No one is going to stop him. You can imagine Joshua saying, I will. I will be strong. I'll be courageous. In Joshua 5, we read of the nation's first real or serious conquest that is defeating the city of Jericho. As we pick up the story from verse 13, 
which we've just heard. Notice Joshua and he's leaning towards self-reliance. I'll be strong. I'll be courageous. From verse 13. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell fell face down to the ground in reverence and he asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Sometimes when we have a job to do, we've been given a task, we've been given a job to perform, a mission to fulfil, we're determined to see it through. We too might be a little like Joshua. Forging on with resolve, but failing to wait upon the Lord. Joshua was wandering near their camp. He came upon this man standing in front of him with his sword drawn. And notice his question. It's coming from a perspective of, I have a mission to perform. Are you for us or against us? Are you going to help me achieve my goal or will I send you on your way? Joshua has this Warrior mentality, a a hero complex, almost like a, a general's bravado. His thoughts are fixated on clearing all the obstacles, crushing the opposition, advancing his troops. The outcome of this win at all costs state of mind and way of thinking was that this stranger was either a recruit for my army or he's an enemy. Joshua reveals a confrontational us-against-them-win-and-lose mentality. It appears that already he has this almost a hardened heart toward battle and conquest has become his driving motivation. So are you for us or against us? Neither, came the reply. That must have surprised him. Neither. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Joshua realises, well, this man is not here to fight, so he must have some advice to give to me. What message does my Lord have for his servant? And Joshua rightly bows in reverence, but the priority of the mission at hand remains his focus. What does God want to tell me? How am I to proceed? The response from the commander of the Lord's army, again, must have surprised Joshua. As he replies, take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. At this point, this heavenly visitor does not come to offer, solicit or discuss warfare, strategy, The commander needed to remind Joshua that his first priority was to worship the Lord. 
to get down on his knees and back in line, Joshua. I know you've been told to be strong and courageous for this battle, along with every other battle that you're going to face, but all of these battles belong to the Lord. Again, sometimes when we we have a job to perform, a job to do, a mission to fulfil, we become too mission-focused or task-oriented that we mistreat other people and we fail to give God the time and the worship that he deserves. Forget your job description for a moment, Joshua. Worship the Lord. Take off your sandals, for this is holy ground. God should always be your first priority. Worship should always trump everything else. What are the other things that are keeping us from spending time with God? What are the other tasks, the other goals, dreams, aspirations that are taking our time and our thoughts as our first priority? What's driving you? And for Joshua, this was also an an in-your-face reminder that God is the rightful commander. God is the one who is in control. God is the one to whom you must always look. Although God had given him a task to complete, Joshua must seek the Lord's direction each and every step of the way. And we'll see how the wisdom of God plays out in this very first conquest. And of course, God's ways are not our ways. But for you and I, we all face walls at times. There are times in our lives when walls come up before us, just as Joshua was facing the walls of Jericho. It may be a challenge that we've never faced before or one that seems far beyond us. Perhaps it's a family breakup, a massive health problem, the loss of a job or some financial disaster. Maybe it's a death in the family or a catastrophic illness. We all face our own Jericho. We all face walls and God knows the way to break down your Jericho. God knows just how to break down your walls, your footholds and strongholds. Always seek God first. And so although God may give you a task to perform, his primary concern is your character. Moses' task was to lead the people to the the border and to be a faithful servant of the Lord. God wasn't concerned at all that Moses also stepped foot into the promised land, but that he was a godly and faithful leader of his people, that he was setting an example for them to follow. And God was interested in Joshua as a person, 
not for the power appointed to him. God didn't want Joshua to lose himself in his task. He didn't want Joshua to lose his relationship with God, his dependence upon God. We can become so other-focused or task-driven that we lose, we can lose our dependence upon God. And we can become blind to the flaws within our own character. God is primarily concerned in you as his child, not for what you can do for him. He wants you to become more like Jesus. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Have you asked God recently to search your motives and your character? And then ask for his help to enable you to become more like Jesus. You see, we often think that we're okay. That our character is good enough. That our motives are honourable. We'd like to think that about ourselves. And the Hebrew people, as God's chosen people, perhaps took the provision and protection of God for granted. We're doing okay. The walls of self-confidence need to be broken down. You see, back before Moses died, he told the Hebrew people that it was only because of the goodness of God that they were being led into the promised land. It was only the goodness of God that to some degree they were no better off than the surrounding nations those nations that they would displace. Back in Deuteronomy chapter 9, Moses said, it is not because of your righteousness or your integrity that you're going in to take possession of their land. But on account of the wickedness of these nations, the Lord your God will drive them out before you to accomplish what he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Understand then... That is not because of your righteousness that the Lord your God is giving you this good land to possess. For you are a stiff-necked people. Moses is saying, you Hebrew people, you're no better than the people you're going to displace. It is only the goodness of God, his goodness, which is providing this land for you. Israel had done nothing to win God's favour. All that they were about to receive was because of the goodness of God and they ought not feel smug or superior or self-righteous as they inherit the land. I'm doing okay. We're doing okay. Likewise, you and I, the Lord sees our most righteous acts as but filthy rags. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. It's in Ephesians 2. It is all by the grace of God. 
We come back to our reading in chapter 6 and the people of Jericho. Think of the people of Jericho. They're living within the city walls, this fortified city, walls all the way around. The gates are securely shut. They feel safe. They feel secure. They're confident in their walls of defence. However, the Lord has a plan. Verse 2. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. Then the walls of the city will collapse and the people will go up, every man straight in. The battle was won without any of the king's horses and all the king's men. Israel's toughest and most able general, Joshua, is almost surplus to requirement. His skills, his experience, his leadership were unnecessary. In fact, Israel's strategy was laughable, irrational, even pathetic. They carried trumpets and horns in their hands. The plan did little to intimidate, frighten or panic their enemies. Instead, their plan rather lured them into an even greater sense of complacency. What are these ridiculous people doing out there each day? Come the seventh day, we won't even go to the wall to look. The long and roundabout march was boring, it was uninspiring, belittling to the untrained eye. But I wonder, did the marching around and the trumpets blast each day begin to vibrate and crack those walls? Ready to fall just when God declared. Miles reminded us last week from Hebrews 11 that many wonderful and unexplainable things occurred because of the faith of the saints. All of the heroes of the faith have their names mentioned and the the deeds noted immediately after the phrase, by faith. You read through Hebrews 11. By faith. All with the exception of Joshua. By faith, Moses. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Isaac. By faith, Joseph. But not Joshua. Hebrews 11.30, by faith the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. Not one of Joshua's heroic acts is listed in Hebrews 11. Rather, the collapse of Jericho's walls was singled out to show that this battle was won by the Lord. It was faith in God's promise and his power. There was no mistaking that all of the credit must go to God. 
for me, the greatest victory in this story was Joshua putting his faith in God. The walls of self-reliance came down. The people were putting their faith in God. They were listening to him. They were following his directives. In all of his self-righteousness, his self-reliance rather, his confidence being commissioned for a certain task, being told Joshua be strong and courageous, Joshua bowed before the Lord and he trusted in his directions. In this ridiculous plan, and God sent the commander of the Lord's army, I think for one purpose, to keep Joshua humble. And he may well be allowing a certain person, certain people or circumstance in your life right now for that very same purpose, to keep you humble. For our greatest legacy is found in our character and in this one character trait, humility. In knowing our rightful place before God Almighty and following Jesus' example of humility. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Submit yourself to your elders, all of you. Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud and shows favour to the humble. A broken and contrite heart the Lord will not despise. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his ways. So trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Regardless of whatever is front and centre for you, whatever is driving you, whatever is motivating you, God cares most about who you are and not what you can achieve for him. He cares most about who you are. Are you truly trusting and depending upon him? The walls of self-reliance must come down. Let's take a moment. In prayer. Gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for the way that you lead us, speak to us through your word. And Father, we thank you for this story of Joshua. And we thank you that although you had called him and you'd prompted him and you'd given him a specific task to perform and you'd said, be strong and courageous, we thank you that here right at the outset he is led to bow before you and wait. And Father, I thank you that this very first battle in Jericho, of Jericho, was won because of you. It was your battle. And you were teaching not only Joshua but the people to trust you, to follow you. And you continue, Lord, to to draw us to this truth, to trust you, 
to break down the walls of self-reliance that we build around ourselves. Help us to be weak because when we are weak, you are strong. And so we commit ourselves to knowing you more deeply, to following you more closely. And so we thank you and pray that you'll be glorified in our lives. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.